welcome to Mindwave. This is Jenner and uh, super stoked. On the show, I got Rio, you guys, finally. Rio, what's up, man? Hey, Jenner, how's it going, buddy? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we've been trying to get you on for a while. And uh, if you guys do not know who this be, I've mentioned him on the show like 10 million times. And if you're not listening to the Moving Forward podcast, you need to go do that. Like, subscribe right now, because this guy's super cool. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it, uh, yeah. No, you are, man. You are. And you have a great microphone. This is this is nice. This is the first test with a, uh, a good, decent, sexy mic. So, you sound Yeah, good. your Zencaster thing that you're using here looks good, too. We might have to try using it for our podcast. I'm telling you, man. Steal my ideas. I got a lot of really cute ones, like the voicemail <laughs> thing. The voicemail thing, you guys should totally steal that, because it's so cool. And you can just set it up with, like, if you have a, a Google address, like a Gmail address, you just set it up with voice. You pick your number, and then people call in. It just goes right into the email, and you can download the files and drop them in the show. It's like super easy. No, okay. Yeah, we're going to do that for, like, lots of stuff. Anyway, man, what are what are you up to today? This is a very sporadic kind of spur-of-the-moment thing. <laughs> uh, I think I'm sober now, but I had brunch right before this. Um, so, you know. Uh, I had some mimosas, um, but then I had some coffee and a long walk up a hill. So now I'm feeling good. Mm, yes, we had a, we had a. I was picking on you for being a rich bitch because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I might have been having bitch. crab benedicts on the beach, <laughs> like the bougie bitches do. Uh, yeah, no, and it was all uh, candy and energy drinks for me because I'm I'm a low class hoe. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, the ladies who lunch are like one step up the socioeconomic la- ladder from yuppies. Um, that's what my friends tell me anyway. Oh, man. <laughs> so uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> Any, anything. Your man. show, you, you, you got to direct me, man. <laughs> uh, oh, man. See, I didn't I didn't have an idea. I didn't make notes. I was just like, we need just like to get you on and hang out for minutes because we're going to get you on. Eventually, when I start this outreach machine series thing, you have some some interesting, uh, definitely, like I'm kicking it off with you and uh, someone else. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit and give people some uh, spoileries. But let's say that they are big, fat jerk faces and have uh, heard me talk about you a bunch of times but have not gone over to Moving Forward and hmm. have not heard that show. Uh, just give us like a... Um, a nice little condensed version of uh, who are you? <laughs> who are you? What do you do? Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> I, I, I just wrote like sporadically a blog post. Uh, politics is really kind of a hobby of mine. Um, I actually work in the nonprofit um, LGBT field primarily, but yeah, no, I was, um, I was just like really inspired by Yang. And so I made this like blog post saying basically the conservative argument for a UBI, meaning conservative, meaning like Milton Friedman, like small government style, fiscal conservatism, not like, you know, annoying, stupid, theocratic assholes who are trying to tell you who you can fuck kind of conservative because that's (laughs) bullshit, right? But like the good kind of conservative. And so I just made this post about like, hey, look, from a conservative perspective, UBI is amazing and here's why. And much to my surprise, it got shared around a lot on the internet. And then this total stranger, Corey, uh, who has a local... Uh, I guess you, I guess it's like a local radio station, local radio show. 
uh, mm-hmm. called Hashtag Coffee. He had me on to interview me about that, and we fell in love with each other, um, like platonic love. And uh, now we're like best friends who haven't met in person yet. And we record a podcast together. We decided like it was so much fun. We would just start a whole new podcast that, you know, has a broader audience than his his local radio show. And that's what we've been doing. So I'm the asshole on the right. He's the asshole on the left. And we both love Andrew Yang. That's kind of our shit. I fucking love it. And uh, you guys get really deep like... But I realized very early when we started to cover some of this stuff, like I'm not a journalist, I'm not a pundit, I don't have any kind of like political science background, so it it feels out of place for me to try and do any of that stuff, which is why I'm like, with the humanity first thing, I'm trying to cover like the human reasons, the human stories, you know, that are inspiring people, why they're, you know, drawn to Andrew Yang and telling those stories. Um, but he does have so many great ideas and they need to be broken down in a way by people who actually can do that. And I'm not one of those people that can do that. So I'm, I've been very avid about sending people down your way to break down like the policy parts of it from two very different, uh, perspectives, uh, a, a progressive and a, and a conservative finding, you know, consensus, um, you yeah, <laughs> yeah. You okay. initially gone well, with constructive you, you, disagreement, but it, right. you've moved on more to like just like finding consensus, right? Yeah, I know. I mean, we definitely still argue with each other a lot, and I think if like Yang weren't in the picture, we would argue a lot more than we do. Um, <laughs> I, you know, like we, it's really not a show about Yang. Um, one of our longtime listeners said described it as like it's just it's a politics show where both of the hosts happen to be obsessed with the policy platform of andrew yang um and yang is kind of what like brought us together um but i I don't think that's a coincidence it's because i keep asking myself like if yang has to drop out of the race which is a an a really sad hypothetical to have to ask oneself, right? He's doing very well. Like let's, you know, we don't want to make people sad. Like he's in fourth <laughs> or fifth place, you know, uh, I think business insider had him at fourth place just last week. So he's, he's doing okay. Right. He like, he's, he's not as much of a long shot as he used to be, but it's also entirely possible that he's not going to be the nominee. Right. And so I keep asking myself, like if he drops out, does everybody just default back to their normal positions again? You know, yep. cause like, I think partisanship is bullshit. I left the Republican party because Trump's was basically a hostile left-wing takeover of the GOP. Mm. And so I didn't want anything to do with that. And then I was like, well, you know, the Democrats, at least like since the nineties, when the Clintons got in there, the Democrats have been pretty fiscally conservative. And I, you know, there's like, there's basically no difference between like a California Republican and a Clinton Democrat. So I was like, it's pretty easy for me. I'm not going to waste my vote on, the libertarians or some bullshit like that. So I guess I'll be a conservative Democrat. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, but what's unique and what's unique about Yang is that he has these policies that thread the needle that actually do accomplish a lot of the goals of both conservatives and progressives. And so it makes it possible for people like me and Corey to find common ground. Right. Whereas if you've got, you know, someone like Bernie Sanders or even Elizabeth Warren to a lesser extent, um, have these like they have this worldview that's just like fundamentally opposed to mine because what happens is i think it comes down to like the way they approach the question so like bernie sanders looks at an issue and says what can the i do with the sledgehammer of the federal government to fix this problem right 
And that's like as far removed from the way a conservative thinks as could possibly be. Like there's no there's no good ideas that are going to come from that thought process, in my opinion. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's also kind of like where Corey defaults to. And I I think it's partially it's I don't think it's because he's he's stupid or that Sanders is. Uh, I know Corey isn't. Corey's a smart guy. I think it's because he he for him, like it's he's very motivated by wanting to help other people. And that is kind of like the progressive ethos, you know, but conservatives, we it's not that we hate other people, although I do, you know, it's every now and then, you know, if someone cuts me off in traffic, I fucking want to shoot them. But like most of the time, I don't hate other people. Right. I just I, 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 I'm, I'm worried that when the government comes in with a sledgehammer, no matter how good its intentions are, it's just going to fuck stuff up. And so a conservative is is a person who just is skeptical about like the 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 idea that everything should be fixed by the government you know we like the idea that people are it's better if we're it's better to let people like fix their own problems and so along comes yang and he has these ideas that appeal to progressives because the government does play a role in it you know um and it is about trying to help people but really fundamentally his his way of doing it is all about empowering regular individual people to kind of like build a trickle up economy from the bottom up instead of this like it's the exact opposite of Bernie Sanders sledgehammer approach. And if you ask yourself, like, why would somebody prefer the sledgehammer approach to Yang's approach? It really does come down to a difference in opinion about how much power it's appropriate for the government to have over individuals versus how much should be prioritized individual liberty. <laughs> Okay, I had it. Well, well, I'll I'll remember it. It it's yeah. My brain works like that all the time. But no, one of the one of the things. <laughs> well, you're drinking scotch right now, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, apparently yes. Um, well, you were being a bougie mimosa bitch all morning with crab cakes and and crazy rich people stuff, and I was eating candy and drinking <laughs> energy drinks and trying to work on the show and. You're sloppy and texting me, and I'm like, oh, I love it. Let's get him on. Let's. <laughs> I need to get him on so bad. I've been wanting to do this for so long. Uh, it's great. It's great. No, but uh, one of the reasons I love you so much is is because of the clarification of terms thing. Um, I've been going to how into how labels are like super fucking unhelpful most of the time because everybody uses them wrong, <laughs> and uh, you just coming in and being very firm. About, you know, like, wor- wait, like, words actually mean stuff, and if we're going to say the word, then it needs to mean what it means, and we need it, it not like what people use it as, and I have this about, like, the word theory, when someone's like, <laughs> oh, I have a theory, and I'm like, it being a scientifically literate person, I'm like, no, no, maybe you have a hypothesis if it's testable, but no, it's like... Language is important, and that's the source of so much of the fucking bullshit that we're caught in is just that, like, it's a clarity of terms thing. It's a miscommunication Mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah, Yeah, uh, no, totally segue into. Yeah. Yeah. I think (laughs) I think I think I know you're going there. A theory is a perfect example of that problem because, uh, you know, it's it's a word that has at least two different meanings. Right. And there's the colloquial meaning, which basically means like i have like a guess which may or may not be informed to some degree or another right um you have a theory about like what your 
wife got you for Christmas, right? <laughs> but like, then there's the scientific meaning of, of theory, which of course, um, you know, goes back to like Karl Popper and basically is the idea is that you, it has to be testable. So you have to start with like a, a testable hypothesis and then, um, well, it's, it, and what makes it testable is that it could be falsified, right? So if it can't be falsified, the classic example of something that can't be falsified is like religion, right? That right. You, they always move the goalposts around and say like, well, that's, be, you know, that's because you didn't have enough faith or what the fuck ever, right? <laughs> so that can't be a theory. It's not, it can't even be a sound hypothesis, let alone a theory. So right. then when you hear some, a religious maniac say like evolution is just a theory, that is um, them confusing the colloquial meaning of theory and the scientific meaning of theory. And it's not just a matter of semantics. It's a massive fundamental logical error is what it right. is. And you right. see the Gravity same exact thing happening. Theory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You see, the, you see the same thing happening in politics all the time where, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell people how they should talk. That's not where I'm coming from. But like, I think that people need to understand that there's a difference between like, a colloquial meaning of a word and it's proper meaning. And if you're trying to have a conversation about political theory, you need to use the proper meanings of words. Otherwise you're just going to be talking past each other and you're not going to get anything done. Everybody, you're just going to, you know, it's just a total waste of fucking time. I need to get you a bell. Does he? Do <laughs> For real, <laughs> man. What the hell was that? You have a bell at your desk. I have a bell. Do you it not sounds like you just ordered room service. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of these like uh, front desk bells. They were like five bucks on Amazon. That's super great. cool. The the cyanide and happiness guys, they have a bell, and I was like, that's one of my favorite things. And I'm like, well, I'm just gonna get a bell. <laughs> and so you just ring it whenever something rings true. Uh, it, it's the universal bell of bellitude, man. I mean, it's it's a distraction bell. If we start going off on a tangent, <laughs> like get us back on course, or if there's an inappropriate joke, uh, like, you know, something about doing butt stuff with Mary Pete, or, you know, it, it's 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 the universal bell. It goes everywhere. Or if, or if somebody makes a really hot, like, I mean, song. he is a gay guy, and his last <laughs> name sounds like Booty Judge, so... I mean, he needs to be making some of those jokes the same way uh, Yang does the Asian jokes. I see, think. he would never. He would. He's a good. Uh, he's a good southern boy. And, uh, <laughs> my 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 feelings on him have changed uh, since we've last talked about him. I've 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 said that I'm like, well, I kind of like him. You know, he he's. Um, still I want to get back into the label stuff, but let's but talk yes, about Mayor he, Pete for a second because that's for a, like see the like tangent like for just like a hot second because <laughs> yeah he's. Um, and it was the same thing with this whole media blackout thing. I, I didn't want to assume the worst and that, you know, there was just this inherent bias, but they're also, you know, like stealing from his points or whatever. But, uh, you know, Pete's on this whole thing now where he's like basically stealing Andrew's script verbatim and not even like giving him a nod. Can and you give me an example like, of that? Uh, Oh, not off the top of my head. There, there was, there was, there was when he's talking about, oh man, see, this is the, the, the Yang wave is so big and so vast. Mm. I can't even remember the specific, it, maybe it had to do with automation. Mm. It wasn't the fourth industrial revolution thing. It was something about the value of work. And uh, it I, yeah. it wasn't democracy dollars. I know a couple other candidates. B Bernie picked up some version of democracy dollars, 
but Pete's yeah. been taking talking points and becoming um, shitty like about Pete it. Hinted a little bit that he would be open to a, a UBI also. I think a while's back, maybe like a, a handful of months back, but I think he's starting to shy away from that idea. I think he's probably getting uh, cold feet about the status quo. And I think that's what the the main opposition to Yang is, is like, no, that's too radical. That's too far. You know, like we can't, you know, like Robert Reich just came out today and was like, no, it is Bernie and Warren and Biden and all the other Democrats are just a waste of time. They're irrelevant. You know, like it's going to be one of these. This is the way it works. This is a status quo. Fuck everybody else. And I'm like, OK, I already didn't like you, but also fuck you. Except like, like Bernie is like the anti-establishment, anti-status quo guy. It's actually you just illustrated another thing that's interesting to me about yang it's like he does thread the needle right in a way that makes it possible for people like my co-host Corey and me to like find common ground but also for similar reasons he also gets a lot of opposition from both sides as well right oh yeah um and it's interesting i i, I think that yang's policies reveal the true nature of partisan left and partisan right thinking because People will tear like they'll, they'll they'll tie themselves in knots to try to think of reasons why Yang's policies won't work within the context of whatever their worldview is. And part of the reason they do that is because they're different from the policies that they have convinced themselves are the only thing you can possibly do about whatever the problem is. Right. Um, so on the right, it's basically like the big, the big one I get on the right is, well, why not just give everybody a huge tax cut instead? Right. Because my argument about UBI is it's basically tax relief for the middle class. And it's also reforming welfare. And, you know, right wing Puritans will say, how about we just cut taxes a whole bunch and kick everybody off welfare, um, which personally I'd be fine with. But what I try to tell them is that ain't going to happen, dude. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Right. You sound like you sound like one of those lunatics on the left who says, like, if I if I don't get full throated Stalinist communism, why even bother? You know, like right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You have to compromise with the other side. And Yang is offering us a chance to accomplish massive tax relief for the middle class and welfare reform. And you're going to say no, just because it's not like the perfect, like anarcho capitalist society that you want to live in like chill the hell out like that's not going to happen man just like vote for the best option the best option is yang and then the same thing you know i just hinted at it on the left it's well i like the idea of a ubi but really the problem is the system and we need to do away with commun i mean we can do away with capitalism completely right and and when they ask they ask questions like what's going to stop the landlord from raising the rent by a thousand dollars right when they ask questions like that 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 that's it's that mentality that's coming into play it's the down with the system capitalism is bad mentality um because only somebody who's completely hostile to the entire idea of private property would even think to ask such an acidine question what's going to stop the landlord from raising the rent a thousand dollars like the same thing that stops them from raising a thousand dollars right now it's not worth a thousand dollars more yeah. <laughs> you know but they don't understand capitalism if they did they wouldn't be communists <laughs> Kind of like I always say, if people understood the Bible, they couldn't possibly be Christians. Oh, my God. That's worth the ding. <laughs> <laughs> that is worth the ding, man. I love it. Uh, no, clarification of terms is so fucking important, and it's so lost, and we're all cut up in these bullshit labels. And that's why I'm like, I'm not going to take any of them. Like, it, it, uh, 
across the spectrum, everybody wants to put a label on me. They want to say I'm I'm cisgender white. You know, they want to say that I'm. An They've got to atheist. take away some of your your points. Yeah, man. You've got, you've got, they, <laughs> you have to lo- you have to lose the oppression Olympics. <laughs> it's it's insane. It's just like uh, all all we get to be is a basket of tribal identifiers, and it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. And if we just stopped doing that, everything else would get better. If we stopped, if we started talking about ideas instead of fucking labels, because mm-hmm. this tribal shit is at the heart of everything. It's fucking destroying. Yeah, that's everything. a really good point. That w- when I was talking about the difference between like a proper political science terminology and colloquial terminology, part of the reason it matters is because one of them is talking about ideas and the other one really is just team sport like my football team is better than your football team. Just just like a really dumb way to talk about incredibly important issues. Yeah. You know, and this is this is one of the things about the IDW, you know, Sam has talked about the death of nuance um uh, or the death of expertise. I've been <laughs> yeah. calling it the, I've I've been calling it the death of nuance to just where just like no, we only want the 30 second sound bite. And then once we have that, we can put you in the color-coded box and assume everything we need to know about you to put you in a demographic to tell, you know, like, exactly what ads we should show you. And I'm like, how are more people not fucking rejecting this outright as goddamn bullshit? Yeah. You know, the, that that's the big thing behind the Yang wave for me is, like, people are sick of that, and they're just like, can I just be me? Can we just be fucking human and talk about the issues again? Yeah, and Yang's very good shit. about avoiding the identity politics. I think Sam wanted to name his essay In Defense of Elitism, and his publisher yes. told him he couldn't call it that. Oh, man, I love that name. <laughs> you know? Like, being an elitist basically just means that you believe that like experts and qualified people should run the world instead of yeah random unqualified morons who just happen to have like better hair or what the fuck ever you know like if you if you you get brain cancer you want an elite brain scientist not some like b-list hollywood (laughs) celebrity to give you fucking medical advice you want you you don't think Gwyneth Paltrow should like should do your brain surgery Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, she's in our running for dipshit of the month. Uh, yeah, she's we... so pretty though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. It's uh, it's it's probably all fake. I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> Goop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So like, I mean, like, let's take a classic example, right? Like, just even just conservative and progressive, right? Which we've please, used those words please. a couple of times, right? Yes. Um, so Yang is demonstrating that those words are not mutually exclusive. Right. Because if they were, he wouldn't be able to get a conservative like me and a progressive like Corey to both support him. Right. There's something going on there. And so, yeah, the first thing to notice about the two words is contrary to what popular opinion, they're not mutually exclusive. You know, a conservative is somebody who thinks that there's something about the status quo that is worth conserving. Right. Yeah. Like so democracy, uh, capitalism. Right? Freedom of speech. Freedom yeah. of speech. Freedom, freedom of religion. Yeah, you yeah. got it, man. Like all the freedoms pretty much, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want like those are things worth conserving. And a conservative is worried about any changes that might like throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Even Meanwhile, what, a progressive yeah. is somebody who recognizes that there's mm. something about the status quo that 
we need to move past, right? And the, the, so you'll notice that because we don't live in a perfect world and we never will, um, there's always going to be room for progress. So really a smart person should be both progressive and conservative. And the debate should be about what makes sense to conserve and where do we need to progress and what's the best way of progressing while conserving what's good about the status quo, right? Yes. What's the best way of like progressing without fucking shit up? That should oh be my the God. Yes, this is a perfect point to bring up something that is extremely contentious, and that's the transgender bathroom issue. Because clearly we want to protect, like like women fought for a long time to get their you know bodily autonomy. They're still fighting for it to get their protected spaces. And clearly on the progressive end, or what's, what is now referred to as the progressive end, there are people who are with very good intentions wanting to go into the bathroom they identify with. And that is completely understandable, but there's no nuance in the conversation about an issue like that where we're trying to conserve. On one hand, we're trying to conserve the protections for women that they fought for for so long, but we're also trying to progress. We're trying to move our society forward at the same time and not cast aside people with gender identity issues and in you like you, you know what I mean? There's so little of that going on. There's so little nuance going on. It's all just like red or blue. Like pick a side. Either either they're not human, or they get like you know what I mean here. I don't know why I thought of this specific issue as like one of these. <laughs> uh, well, you could take any issue, yeah. right? It, w- it wouldn't it's, matter. Like, oh, it's could... about anything: gun control. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. Police brutality. Uh, yeah. That might not be a great one, <laughs> but it, yeah, there's no nuance to the conversation at all. And I think, I think reclaiming right. nuance and reclaiming expertise and actually saying like, no, what's the best information we have on file for this? Like there's this false equivalence of ideas thing going on where like, you're free to have your own opinions. You're not free to have your own fucking facts. You can't just pretend like reality isn't a thing, you know? Right. So yeah, which which definitely does core, happen yeah. on both sides, for sure, you know? Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah. Although, uh, I start. I was going to use an example of, you know, Trump and his base saying fake news as an example of it happening on the right, but that's really actually just happening on the alt-right. Um and the alt-right is not really all that right-wing. I mean, if you think about it, if they were actually no. right-wing, you wouldn't need to put the word alt in front of it, right? <laughs> some, the reason we put the word alt in front of alt-right is because they're an alternative to the real right, like the traditional right, you know? Yes. Um, and, and it's this actually, is this another... is the worst time in my lifetime for people who are on the real right because they don't have anywhere to go, you know? I mean, I... I, I'm trying, I'm hoping I can like steer the democratic party to stay fiscally conservative, but it's seems hell bent on going full on socialist. Um, and meanwhile, the Republican party has been taken over by a guy who opposes free trade and who is completely backing away from the U S like global leadership and foreign policy. I mean, Ronald Reagan would, would 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 call would 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 rightly point out that Trump is far left of Hillary Clinton on both of those conservative issues. Oh, I thought you were going to keep going. 
<laughs> or they mean you're gonna ring a bell or something. I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm very enthralled because it, you're making tons of points, and I don't, I don't have a notepad here to be making notes about stuff to going to go back on. But yeah, no, I mean, no, I guess, I guess is... it's just like it's sad, you know. I mean, maybe we're like genuine conservative values are dying, you know. Maybe I'm an extinct, extinct species, you know. I don't know. We'll see. I. I've been feeling that a little bit, um, and because I'm coming at it from the opposite side, I I have always found myself kind of traditionally, quote, on the left. Mm -hmm. Um, I am fiercely independent. I've never self-identified as a Democrat, but I I tend to align with the Democratic candidates more Mm -hmm. um, for, you know, various reasons, but you Well, that's another area of of a lot of confusion, though, because— it's not necessarily accurate to assume that just because somebody's a Republican that they're on the right, right? Yeah, you know, I just pointed out that Trump oh, is totally. left of yeah. Hillary Clinton on foreign policy and trade. Those are not minor issues to traditional Republicans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, That's, yes. And like, it's is... not an exaggeration to say that the that Mitch McConnell would rather have Hillary Clinton's foreign policy and trade foreign and trade policies than Donald Trump's. That's just true. I'm sure. And th- this is where I was going, but I spacey spaced because you were talking <laughs> about the alt right not being like legitimately right or legitimately conservative. And the exact same thing is happening with um, what's sometimes referred to as the control left. I've heard people call this the alt left. It like control left aside from the nerdy keyboard thing that makes it feel like it it's appropriate because they are authoritarian in nature. These are the people who are trying to, you know, uninvite public speakers from universities from trying to like get people fired for 10 year old tweets that were bad jokes that are trying to, you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about because you have, have, seen some of this being idw adjacent but right like that is the shit that pushed me like in the same way that you were like basically forced toward the center just because you're working off of what the words actually fucking mean you know it like i'm coming the center in terms of like the democratic republican spread you mean Uh, in just in just a i'm not even thinking in those terms i'm just like like in in terms of extremity of ideas and extremity of ideologies, because mm. like you can well, take I mean, I just recognize that you extreme. need to compromise. You know, like I said, that's like yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, if UBI, you're authoritarian yeah. <laughs> and you're saying there is no compromise for this, you know, if you're if you're on the far far left and you're saying you don't even get to open your mouth because of the color of your skin because you're white and you're privileged, like that is a problem for liberal ideology. If you're, tr- oh. if you're, if you're a classic liberal, yeah, like I, I am going with that okay. because you're a classic conservative and I'm a classic liberal. And I, I have found I a discover. I just mentioned this the other day on the show that like, if we're picturing a fucking teeter totter here, you and I are very close together on the fulcrum, like traditionally liberal yeah. and traditionally, uh, conservative ideas they're very close yeah. together it's no they, the I mean, they're basically the same thing bullshit. actually yeah, yeah no, they're basically exactly the yeah it's the fulcrum it's the it's the making sense in the middle thing and everybody's just kind of 
being pushed towards the extreme edges and it's like yeah. it's a problem on both sides and i don't think right. either side is really recognizing how bad it is well and you, you know? know so you'll notice extremists um communists fascists you know the people who are ascended to the bases of both parties right now yes they bemoan oh it's so sad the establishment of the republican party and the establishment of the democratic party are so similar they're basically the same well I mean, no, they disagree with each other about a lot of things, but what they do agree about is exactly what you just said. I mean, classically liberal values are, until recently, were not up for debate, <laughs> no matter which yeah. side you were on, right? Like the idea that we should have democracy, that was non-negotiable, okay? Capitalism is freaking non-negotiable, all right? Free speech is non-negotiable. It doesn't matter. Like we can debate tax policy, you know, we can debate like... Reg regulations, like which kinds of regulations to have and which kinds not to have, et cetera, right? Those are all things that can happen within the, I guess you could say, the Overton window of classical liberalism. And within that window, you know, you've got room for left and right. But the problem is people who are outside of that, people who are illiberal, fascists and communists, un-American people, which they is don't both like sides. That. It is. <laughs> yeah, they don't like no, that. They, they, they want to make it sound like you and I are the same. But what we have in common are like things that we should have in common, that all decent human beings should have in common, things that should not be negotiable. Okay. The, the things that are written in the Constitution and the Bill yeah. of Rights. Yeah. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness should not be up for fucking debate. Yeah, no, it was a good thing when the two parties were very similar to each other because yes. we shouldn't have anybody ascendant in American politics who holds illiberal ideas. Or just extremist ideas in, in any sense of the word. Like, there should be kind of like a rational center to our political discourse. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Like, and I think if you go yeah. too far in either direction, you 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 wind up descending. It's like it's almost like there's a circle, right? What we thought of is like the traditional left-right spectrum is at the top of the circle, okay? And I might be on the top right of the circle, and you might be on the top left of the circle, but we're both in the top half of the circle, and that's the liberal half. That's the part that believes in democracy and capitalism and free speech, et cetera, right? right. And then there's the bottom half of the circle. And the bottom half of the circle, you've got like the bottom left is like Stalinism, and the bottom right is like Nazism, right? Yeah. And so if you go too far left or right, you end up in the bottom half, and that's the illiberal half where thing where where the I the, the it's like you believe in some kind of utopian extremist ideology. The ends justify the means. And if you're you're willing to turn to blow up the entire system, destroy democracy in order to achieve your goals. And those people, what we need to say to those people is you are not welcome to be part of this conversation until you mature a little bit and recognize that utopian ideas are stupid, that they've both been tried many times and they never worked. So when you're ready to come back and have a grown-up conversation about politics in the real world, you know, come join us in the top half of the circle. And then, you know, I mean, you can vote. I'm not going to take away your right to vote. Right. But like, I'm sure as hell not going to give you a platform. And I'm sure as hell not going to let you run. Like the, Dem the Democratic and Republican Party don't have to don't have to let people run in the primaries. They have every right to kick people out. And I wish the Dems had just kicked Sanders out. They should have just said, like, now you can't run. Same thing with Trump and the Republicans. Both parties uh, would be better if yeah. they had just done that. I was going to ask because as you're describing this you're you're drawing it out in in a different way than I th I think about it. I think of it more as like political horseshoe theory or you 
do you subscribe that's pretty to similar. that idea? Uh, yeah, what I just described is pretty, it's not exactly horseshoe theory, but it's pretty similar to it. And of yeah. course, that's derided by extremists. They don't like that idea because it makes them look bad, <laughs> you know, but like you don't get to throw out a theory, a, a, you know, a well-established political science theory just because it makes you look bad. Right. And in uh, the, the, the kinds of people who object to that, you'll see like the Antifa people on the left who are very much literally go punch a Nazi, go punch a turf, go do, you know, like go use violence to overthrow the government. We don't need any, you know, any government whatsoever. Fight fascism with fascism. Yeah, exactly. They don't realize that they're they're espousing fascist ideology at the same time they're fighting it. Yeah. Um, oh, well, and, uh, speaking I of the IDW, I think it was uh, Christopher. Yeah, Christopher Hitchens um, said uh, communism is itself a form of fascism, fascism with a human face. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, this is what it was, man. Earlier, way earlier. Okay. <laughs> Oh, jeez. See, I, I just knew re- it would jog your memory. It's, I knew you would yes, come back. Yes, yes. See, this is a full circle. So, the idea that we are going to put Andrew in the throne and have him dictate onto Congress and onto the uh, rest how everything works, like, that is a kind of, you want a fascist author- authoritarian dictatorship. If you are voting for Andrew that reason because you want to make him king who's going to rain down the gold on the peasants, you are doing this wrong. You are doing this wrong because everything is trickle up. It's trickle up from families and neighborhoods on. But in terms of reclaiming political discourse, that is trickle up, too. And you need to reclaim your power within that. You know, I talked uh, about, you know, like running for shit, like people should be getting involved. So I I want to warn <laughs> the Yang gang against this idea that like, no, we just have one ballot to cast. We just have one chance right. to like put him in charge because he's going to fix everything. No, guys, we're going to fix everything. We have to do it. We have to help him get to the top, but we are not putting him in a throne. Okay, yeah. he's not going to be an authoritarian, authoritarian dictator that's going to dictate down to the rest of the country and the rest of the world what we're going to be. We have to make the new America that we are going to show to the rest of the world. We are all fucking embarrassed by what Trump has done to the face of <laughs> to America on the fucking global stage. We have to fix that shit. Okay, yeah. Andrew can't do that by himself. So that was the point that I wanted to make. Is that like we are not electing a dictator here, guys? We are electing yeah. somebody who represents our fucking values and that we are going to fight for, not up to up until election day, all the way through. Like, yeah, totally. Zero end game and goal. Like, we are doing this shit because we fucking believe in it. Anyway, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that actually relates to the conversation we were having about Pete, Mayor Pete. Yeah, see, I got, uh, I had a uh, booty, 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 booty. Well, so I guess like, okay, so I'm I'm trying to remember a couple of, a couple of times, Andrew Yang in multiple interviews, he's, um, asked, been asked the question, like, what, what, what do you, what are you trying to get out of this? Right? Like, why are you running? And his answer is I'm actually, you know, not running just because I want to be president. I'm running because I want these ideas, these policies to be put into effect. And if all my campaign accomplishes is to make it so that more people back these ideas or better yet, that one or both parties embrace aspects of the platform in their official party platforms, then 
I would consider that a success, right? And so when yeah. when when you know Mayor Pete or anybody else copies one of Yang's lines, that's a sign of success. It's a, we should celebrate when that happens. It is. It is. And I've I've been I've been on the fence because like I was saying, this is exactly where we're we were at. I'm I try not to think conspiratorially. I I would prefer not to think that CNN and MSNBC are deliberately leaving him out of graphics and polls and shit. I would like to think that there's not a media bias. I would like to think that other candidates aren't nefariously stealing from him. And it would be one thing if Joe Biden had said, you know, Andrew Yang brought up a wonderful point about the fourth industrial revolution, but he doesn't seem to be getting any credit for these fucking ideas. And he's the one who brought them to the main stage. All of them. I still haven't watched the last debate, but I know that automation was like a, a topic of fucking conversation. And I'm like, that's, that's Andrew Yang. And that's us. That's the Yang gang. We made that shit a topic of conversation on the national stage. And they're still kicking us off. They're still leaving us off the shit. They're still trying to silence us. They're still trying to say that on social media, we're all bots. We're on trolls. It's, it's not real. This isn't happening. We have this, you know, small handful of, of people that are going to be, you know, there at the end. And it's just, it's extremely fucking frustrating, extremely fucking frustrating. Well, the main thing to notice about that, right, is that it's not that the media has a bias. It's that every individual person in the media, including you and me, I mean, you know, like this is more like grassroots kind of thing, this podcast, yeah. you know, like we're not doing it live on CNN in front of 2 million people or whatever, right? It's however many thousands of people listen to your show and we, I'm, you know, I'm, I, but they're, they're, they're the creme de la creme. They're like, the smartest, most interesting people in America if they're listening to your show. But I'm just saying, like, wait, are you whoever talking you're talking to, you're, you're, part, you're part of the media, right? Like, oh, we're part no, of the media no, right no. Now. And, we're, we're itty bitty. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. But I'm just saying, like, every, like, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of the people on CNN started out doing something small like this, right? Like, but my point is that the media industry is made up of tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands yeah. of individual people Biased who all have their individual biases, including you and me. Right. The idea that you're going to have like a completely neutral, unbiased person anywhere in the media is just a myth. That doesn't happen. Humans have biases. Right. Yes. So but like, fortunately, we have freedom of the press. Like one thing that blows me on my, my mind is when people complain about the American media and then they turn around and cite Russia today. And I'm like, dude, oh, my God, <laughs> you realize Russia today is literally Russian government sponsored propaganda. Right. Well, yeah, but at least it's an alternative to the American propaganda. Like, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Noam Chomsky, for that like false equivalency. God damn it! Oh, like, you're a brilliant God. linguist, but you should stay the fuck out of politics. It is not the same thing. It's just not. There's a difference between having a free press and having a country where journalists are killed if they say something the great leader doesn't like. Okay, there's just a difference. So yeah, the media has biases. Individuals within the media have biases. You correct for that by consuming a variety of media, and it's up to us to choose the smart media and, and to kind of like figure out what we want to believe based on what we've heard, you know, like right. not because it fits our preconceptions, but the opposite, go out of your way to listen to people who disagree with you chat. Like if your ideas are really the best, then they should be able to stand up to the criticism, you know? So it's up to us as consumers of media. It's a, it's a cop out. It's a cop out to blame it on, to blame it on CNN, right? Like yes. whatever, like the people on CNN are doing what they're doing. Like you don't, nobody's forcing you to watch it. Go subscribe to the economist. That's my favorite magazine. 
Yeah, it's it's the being a peasant blaming everything on the king thing, and I'm I'm like saying we came to this country to escape that paradigm. If you don't hold your right of citizenship seriously to where you do fucking understand and recognize that you have a voice in this fucking democracy, if you don't understand the whole tax, you know, no taxation without representation thing, like the core American fucking ideals, I don't know what to say to you. Like, well, and it becomes like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because there are situations where it's appropriate, like where where there are countries Let's take uh, North Korea, for example, where it basically is a bunch of peasants with no power and like a crazy dictator. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you talk to the people on the far left. Remember, talk you 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 pointed how like some people don't believe in the like they don't believe in facts. They believe in whatever fits their preconceptions. So the left wing version of that is I hear people say things like, oh, Stalin did nothing wrong and all that stuff about all those people starving to death. That's not that really that didn't really happen. That was just capitalist propaganda. And even about North Korea today, they'll say things like, oh, it's actually a communist utopia and we just <laughs> don't know it because the media doesn't tell us. Fuck yeah. Give me a break. Uh, no, no. Go fine. Go move there then. Please. Right. Go hang out for a, for a <laughs> just minute. Just get the fuck see out of here goes. and go live in North Korea then. Let's see how that goes oh, for you. Oh, man. Yeah. No, we were, you, you brought up an important point about, you know, media entities being made up of people who have biases. And this reminded me of uh, the Daily Cause scandal from like the last couple days to where like, Daily Cause is very much like, largely they're like, do you think we should not let bees go extinct? Let's have a poll about that. And it's like, yay, yay, we won. Do you think that we should have icebergs still? Yay, yay, we won. Uh, it's very much one of these slacktivism things, but they yeah. they had come at, they've been doing presidential preference polls and they keep shutting them down because... The Yang gang is like, no, you guys need to listen to Andrew Yang. And they're like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to we're we're going to go ahead and close the polls because you guys are spamming us with your enthusiasm. We already decided this was an Elizabeth Warren poll. And if you're like <laughs> not with us because we like Elizabeth Warren, then like you don't get to participate in our poll. And I'm like. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Well, what so that's another doing? example of, yeah, that's another example of it being on the responsibility of consumers, right? So, you know, 538, there you go. Go read their site. Go listen yeah. to their show. Like, they understand data. They get it right. They call the shots as the data says it. And they explain, they go, they get wonky. They explain the analysis of the data. Statistics is... Not an exact science, but it's a lot more accurate than what the average person thinks. And um, yeah, so that's like look at real polls. Oh yeah, <laughs> like it's not. It's like it, it does, like YouGov is not a scientific poll. Like <laughs> I, when, I try when, not to give any weight to any Somebody polls. on Twitter says, "Oh, would you rather vote for Donald Trump or or Andrew Yang?" Like, and then everybody celebrates because Yang won or didn't or like whatever. Well, like, I mean, when it's poll, Trump man. Warrior 45 doing the poll, that is a little significant, but it's. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it says something about it says something yeah. about like the echo chamber of Twitter. That's interesting. I'm not saying it's yeah. not interesting data, but it, what it is not is anything like a scientific poll. <laughs> oh, of course it's just, not. It's not you know, even like, close. Uh, it, it, science is not a popularity contest, and I'm just going to briefly 
compare and this like most people to... <laughs> are not like the, the the crazy people on twitter like the oh yeah the, you know i mean if you if you go on twitter you would think that the country was 50 percent communists and 50 percent neo-nazis yeah no exactly i do you even listen to our show man i forgive you but like yeah it's your you you are echoing much of the sentiment that's been going on in Mindwave recently because this is exactly the shit that we're talking about. Like it's just uh, uh Well, yeah, because you're a smart guy. I mean, it, uh, it stands well, to reason. The like the people <laughs> who you want to talk about privilege, right? Like who is what? Like that's that's like one of the most privileged things that somebody could possibly do is they're like, I've got tons of time to spend just wasting shooting my mouth off on Twitter. Like Twitter is for people who are actually like important and they're like maybe 2% of the users. <laughs> right. And then the other 98% are people who think they're important and they, they have an incredibly inflated sense of their own importance. And like those people need to just go get a fucking hobby. That's not Twitter. You know what I think it is? And this is something that I realized as a creator who could all of a sudden tag the most famous people in the world and have a chance of actually reaching them. I think the combination of like the anonymity of hiding behind an avatar and the ability to reach the most powerful people in society has just created this like <laughs> fucking toxic nightmare. Yeah, of it's turned into a goddamn egotism. monster. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's, it's like, like <laughs> people. It's like you know what? Like the, the hierarchies exist for a reason. Boy, now I'm really gonna sound like a conservative here. <laughs> you know? I love it. Oh, yeah, experts exist for a reason. Like hierarchies are a thing. You know what I mean? Like if you if you have a PhD in a subject, your opinion counts more than you know if it, if you're just like some random person off the street who has nothing yeah. except your lived experience to base it off of. You know what I mean? Like everybody's entitled to their opinion, right? But yeah, Twitter has made it so that people think that their voice is like super duper important. And it's like, no, dude, you're just one more like cog in the machine like the rest of us. Yeah, it's the the slacktivism thing. And this I I have to mention it because we are a pro ag uh, podcast. And this happens all the time on Facebook where they go. They try to get me into like the, the roundup lawsuits like, oh, Oh, you know, like oh, that they're losing in court. You could be, you could get some money. Click on this ad for because if you used Roundup, you you might have cancer and you can get money. And it's like this whole shady fucking bullshit. But that there's actually no science fucking based at all. It's all like the court of opinion. And you look at all these cases that were awarded to quote unquote fucking victims. And there's absolutely no data, no science going into it at all. It's just, it literally is just like the court of public opinion and they're stringing people up from fucking tree branches and it's, it's crazy, but it, it takes rational yeah, people mob to hysterity look at the fucking, is a dangerous oh my, fucking thing for real. I, I bring up torches and pitchforks on a regular basis because that's like, people don't realize they're doing that. And when they say, yeah, we need Cor a well, Corey likes tax. to make fun of me and point Corey likes to make fun of me and point this out. But, um, yeah, like half the reason I support UBI is because I, I, I want to pacify people. <laughs> I don't like that. I, I see the pitchforks coming. You know what I mean? Like, and they're going to be coming for, they're going to be coming for the assholes, drinking the mimosas and eating the crab benedicts on the beach. Like, yes, they're going to be yes. coming for and, me. And so I'm like, you know what? Give these guys some goddamn money before they lose their minds. Because exactly. I, because I my up... life's pretty good and I don't want it to get all fucked up. <laughs> 
I am a potato farmer in the fucking mud and the muck. And Rio's over there eating his crabs and doing mimosas at brunch time. And I'm like, I don't want to see the violent mob either. I'm not trying to drag people to the guillotine. You see people on the left. Right, but you know, they'll try. <laughs> but that's, the, that's the scary thing, too. You saw this happen in the Khmer oh, Rouge, yeah. right? Oh, like, yeah. The, the people, people like you who are good people and you're like, hey, you know, like maybe we don't need to be punitive. Like maybe we don't actually have to like cut off the heads of every person who happens to be <laughs> successful. Maybe killing all the nerds is not actually a recipe for economic success. Right. And then they're, then they'll turn on you that, that because, you know, then you're part of the enemy because you're either with them or against them. Or the eat the rich thing. There's just this like, there I'm pretty sure be Bernie no- <laughs> Sanders might as well just make that his like campaign slogan at this point. All right. All right. Oh, fuck. This just became BT Dubs. I this was like not planned at all, but this is going to become a humanity first episode because it became, it just became a thing in itself, and it's it's going to be a thing. It's great. I just wanted to get you on because like we've had so many conversations, fucking like off, uh, show, and we can we connect on so many fucking issues. Then I'm just like, this needs to happen. And yes, this outrage machine thing is going to fucking happen. But you just need to be like a regular friend of the show who we can touch base with. Because you're, yeah. you, you are full, you are far too cool uh, to not be hanging out with on a fairly regular well, basis. Part of the reason I started the Moving Forward podcast with Corey is because my wife told me I needed like an outlet for my rage about politics so that I wouldn't like harass her about it all the fucking time. <laughs> it is totally like a diary thing. And, um, you know, my former, my former partner who we, we were together for a long time. We've spent several years separated, but still living together. Part of the whole thing there was that just like, I would get just like flustered and just like, or inspired about some crazy thing happening in the universe and wanted to talk all the time. And, you know, he's too busy. He's doing his own thing. He's just, like, got his own shit to take care of. And I don't know why it took me, like, several years to figure out, oh, you should just have a podcast because that's, like, way better. <laughs> like, my my shit, especially <laughs> if I'm drinking and I'm just, like, getting into, you know, politics or science or religion or philosophy or any of it, any of it is just, like, I talk too much. And uh, the immediate people in the room are usually, like, mm, uh, I got better stuff to do. And I'm just like, why didn't I not figure this oh, out sooner? That's, like, that that's like- the height of civilization, man. Like, I like the absolute, like it's po- positively like Grecian, you know, like just that that's, those are the best evenings, just hanging out in the hot tub, naked with your friends, drinking cocktails and talking about all the taboo topics you're not supposed to talk about. in oh you know, God. polite company. That's, that's you know, like, that's, that is the height of civilization. That's as good as it gets. I love it. In episode, I think it was episode two of the show. I called, I called it reclaiming the circle, like getting rid of all of the tribal identifiers and like I don't care who you are, what you believe, or what language you speak. Like you can come to my campfire. We can sit around the campfire together. Oh man, we're about to have a commie on my show. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. And like not only that, but I actually like the guy. Like he's a regular listener of the show, and he's really nice. Um, and he's not an authoritarian tanky kind of commie. He's like the completely harmless anarcho communist commies. I call them harmless because their yeah. ideas will never happen. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so my, what I'm hoping to do is to like persuade him for the sake of pragmatism, if nothing else, um, 
to just like completely give up on the whole communist thing since it ain't going to happen the way he wants it to happen yeah. and then start to have the conversation about like how can we create a better world in reality you know that's kind of where i'm going to come from with him but yeah. he's he's a good guy yeah i mean whatever stupid tribal identifiers absolutely that is communism and capitalism that's the other thing too is you know you'll have uh sometimes some republicans will call like i don't know barack obama uh, a socialist right. right or hillary clinton and it's like you guys just fucking elected the most left-leaning president of my lifetime the republicans did like trump's trade policies are way to the left of anybody who's been president in the 35 years that I've been alive. And they're calling, you know, Hillary Clinton, who's a friggin' neocon, neoliberal, they're calling her a socialist? Oh, it's like, oh, come on, use the fucking words right, you know? And then so like Bernie Sanders calls himself a socialist, but his policies are like social liberalism. Although in his case, he might actually be a socialist. He's just, he's just, uh, dog whistling right by using that word incorrectly Political but like just use words expedience. the way that just use them correctly and when when both parties are using them incorrectly you can all kind of forgive regular people for being confused about it no abs absolutely <laughs> no do not and let those bastards like... off the hook rio <laughs> <laughs> this is so important and i don't think it's something that's nailed down enough for people is that we do need to be accurate in the way that we talk because we are just weird-ass species of monkeys who are trying mm. to communicate fucking thoughts from one brain to another. Yeah. And, you know, that's already a complicated process. If the words mean something to me, then they mean to you. We need to address that first to make sure that if a word is coming out of my mouth and it is going into your ear and your brain, you know what I mean when I say that. And that so much of the breakdown of civil discourse is just based on that alone. It's just we're just not understanding each other and we're using these bullshit. Fucking yeah, well, it's even it's notes. even worse. It's even worse than the like postmodernist linguists thought, you know, it's not just that it's ambiguous um, and that perfect communication is impossible. That's true. They're right about that. But it's actually that there is a consensus around the meaning of a lot of words. And it's exactly wrong, right? And now, of course, some some hardcore postmodernists would say, like, well, if that's that, if that's the new consensus, then that's that's what the word now means. Um, but then you might as well like apply that. You have you can imagine what would happen if you applied that epistemology to science, right? And you can see how far yeah. that would go. Like if the you know if the consensus is that the world is six thousand years old, I mean, at a minimum, at least look at the consensus of people who whose opinions count, right? And when you do that in linguistics, uh, political science, say. Like you're not going to find a political science department that's going to say that's going to sign on the dotted line about Obama or Hillary Clinton being a socialist. They're going to say, no, you got that question wrong. You failed the test. Right. Like there are right and wrong answers to these questions. You don't have to be like a total absolutist. Um, you know, you don't have to be like dogmatic about language, but there is a difference between, you know, an idea that closely approximates the traditional actual meaning of a word and one that doesn't yes I and mean, this is one of the fundamental reasons why i was like immediately drawn to you because you're one of these people pointing that out and so much of it is just like well everybody assumes it means that 
And there's so few people going like, well, no, what does that actually fucking mean? Well, and especially people like, on the left go... or really anybody who wants to think of themselves as a populist. It's so hard for them to ever admit that, you know what, maybe the majority is wrong. Like sometimes, rather often, the majority is wrong because the majority of people are not very smart and not, they're yeah. not very well educated, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> you know, like, and I, I mean, I would put myself in that. Like most of us are part of the, you know, the ignorant masses when it comes to most issues. Like you're lucky if you are an expert on one or two things, right? And then there is room for disagreement even among experts. But like the, the, this thing where there's this, this, like we're substituting science and expertise and relevant experience we're substituting all that for just like mob rule whatever the masses think must be true that's yeah. no absolutely not and there are not enough people standing up especially because like anytime uh anytime one of us does it becomes a it goes back to the tribal identifier oh you're one of them you're just attacking us because it's against your thing it's it's the whole different color teams thing and it's such fucking bullshit because like that's how we move fucking forward as a society we work through the fucking hard issues we don't just like disregard shit you know like nothing would have ever gotten solved ever throughout the course of human history nothing would have ever gotten solved if the people involved had the attitudes that they do today because it's very much just like, no, this is my bubble. Don't touch my bubble. My bubble is this specific color. And yeah. if you get the hex code wrong on that color of that bubble, that is literally violence against me. And I will bring the wrath of the internet against you. And it's just like, okay, bitch, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess that's that's like where Corey and I came down on the the moving forward podcast thing, right? It's like, you know, if Yang doesn't win, um, we're it. still going to, we're still going to move forward and try to find consensus on issues. Even if there isn't a politician running who represents that consensus at the time, because it's still beneficial to keep an eye on the prize, right? Like what is, what, what are we really aiming for as a society? And, and then you can make pragmatic calls about, you know, like, I don't know, vote for Joe Biden because at least he's not going to fuck stuff up more than it already is, you know? But meanwhile, you can keep an eye on like, keep an eye on the prize and like, what would an ideal set of policies be? Well, Rio, if uh, Yang does not win, which I am, I'm trying not to entertain that. Uh, he, he still might win. He, you know, he is still a long shot, but he I, is not as I much of a long shot. No, I yeah, think it was I don't Zach. think he's a long shot. Yeah, I, I think it was um, Zach Grauman, the his debate, or I'm sorry, his uh, campaign chairman dude. Manager, um, he, yeah, yeah, campaign manager. That's his position, right? He's yeah, cute. I think he, he said something like, "What's <laughs> yeah, 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 he is." He said something like, um, "You know, what's more likely, going from like 30th place to fourth place, or going from fourth place to first place?" And you know what? Like, I think it's just basic math. Yeah, the the former is less likely, right? And so he's actually already done the hardest part. Yeah, but the, the one exception to that think. though is that once you are seen as a real threat to the front runners, then you're going to get a lot more attention. And you know, like oh, it's already happening. Him, <laughs> yeah, the media ignoring him had like 
had pros and cons, right? And one of the pros For was sure. he could get away with all kinds of gaffes while he was still figuring shit out because he's new to politics. No longer, no longer. Like he needs to be polished and perfect to pull this off. He so, doesn't. And you know what? I've it, I've been bringing this up um, because. Oh man, I haven't mentioned this to anybody, but I know I know that uh the people, at least some people on his campaign are roughly aware of us. My idea for the next because he every debate he has some bullshit to drop that just like Oh, his oh. campaign his campaign play, pays very close attention to content creators in the Yang Gang. Yes. Um what yeah, I, no, I, I, <laughs> I I was actually invited to do a little um a little conversation with uh, some people in the, in the campaign. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like they, they were like, you know, we wanted to reach out and I think, yeah, Tom from nerd three Yang was there. There were a few other people there. Oh yeah. Like man. they're, they, they are doing a, you know, a much better job of showing appreciation and even just actively collaborating with, you know, people like you and me than any campaign I've ever seen before. They, they really are on top of it when it comes to the internet, they're winning the internet. But the problem is they need to they need to get the boomer vote. And to do that, you need to like go out and physically knock on doors. You need to run ads during uh, the price is right, you know, right. that kind of shit. No, absolutely. I it I I did the thing again, man, because I'm I'm talking to you, I'm having fun. I forgot where I was at. <laughs> oh, you it's were saying fine. if Yang doesn't win. Like it, it Which has, you didn't want to think about. Well well, right. I mean it has to be a continuing movement. And even if he does win, mm-hmm. okay, even if he does win, we have to continue the fight for UBI across the planet. Like, yes. And if, yeah. and if Congress refuses to pass the bill, don't fucking blame Andrew Yang for that. Right. Blame your fellow voters right. who elected the wrong fucking Congress people. And right. That's, that's like one of my out. biggest that's pet peeves. Fault. It's like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like it's not enough. You can't, that's, that's part of, that's part of like, part of the reason that a lot of the people on the left are so angry with Obama because they were, they were like, Oh, he's the Messiah. He's going to bring quote change, whatever the fuck that means. And then it didn't like rain manna from the heavens the day after he got elected. And immediately people were like, Oh, I guess we were, I guess we were tricked, you know, like, no, he is just one dude, you know, he's a smart, well-meaning dude, but he's flawed like the rest of us. And he needs people in Congress to back him up. And that's on us. We need to elect those he people. Needs all, we need to not just they vote, need but we need to donate to money to them. Yeah. No. Well, like one thing we're doing with moving forward is we're having um, people who are running for Congress and um, on uh, both both state level and at the federal level who support Yang's platform on as guests. And every single time I say like, go if you're listening to this right now, go send this person money, right? Because... Yes, of course, keep giving Andrew Yang money. He's doing really well on the fundraising front and keep that up. But like he's going to need people in Congress to vote with him. And yes. like your what every dollar is worth $10 when you're giving at the congressional level because the the uh there's there's less competition. Um so like you got to support those people. You just got to if you can afford it, if you can't afford it then do something else, you know, volunteer for the campaign or something. But like, right. you've got to support people at the congressional level with more than just a vote. And don't just vote a straight Democratic ticket. Like, go out and give money to people who are running in the Democratic primary. Give money to freaking Republicans if they support the policy. Do whatever it takes. Yeah. We need to abandon that, like, I can't fly that flag shit because 
number one, guys, at at the root of everything that is destroying our fucking society, the thing that we all see and the thing that we all feel and the thing that we all hate, it's that. Can we stop doing that, please? And I sound like a broken record here. I really do. But that is the fundamental problem with all of this is that we're trying to do that. And if we just stopped doing that, we could move a lot further. Yeah, like even Fred, um, Fred the felon, the trucker guy. Oh, yeah. That Yang mentioned in the debate. It was so cool. It gave, gave Fred a, a, ch- a shout out. We had, we, we interviewed oh him for the for the. Yeah, he totally did. Isn't that great? We interviewed him for uh, for the podcast and we're going to have him on again because because now he's like super famous now that he was mentioned in the debate by Yang. Oh my he's God. Got like, he's got like CNN and MSNBC want to interview him. And I was like, God, we got to get this guy back Oh yeah, on. So no, got, New York Times, he's hot shit now, bro. I'm pretty Yeah, but sh- even he, man, this is like, this is one of the things I'm going to talk to him about when I have him on again. I'm going to say like, look, dude, you have a really big platform now because you're freaking famous, all right? Oh yeah. Stop saying, stop saying that if Andrew Yang doesn't win, we should all just give up. Because that is that's yeah. missing the point. It's not about Andrew Yang. Like I realize that you know he deserves a lot of credit for the fact that he. I mean he ran. It's like my wife told me if I ever ran for office she would divorce me because like running is really <laughs> hard. On him, you know. Yeah. He decided to make that sacrifice and run, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. But Yang is he would be the first person to tell you that it's not about him. You know, most of these ideas UBI he didn't invent UBI. Like that's an old idea. No, yeah, he's, Thomas Paine at the founding of our country supported it, and Yang has pointed that out. So, like, it's not like it's not about Yang. It's about it's about moving forward and like electing people who support these ideas in the future, even if we don't succeed this first time, right? So, yeah, I'm totally gonna like uh, um, go to town on Fred about <laughs> that because he says that and it pisses me off. It's like no, nice. dude, none of this Yang or bus yeah. bullshit. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Uh no, on on the point of like the best ideas thing, like in my own uh quote investigative journalism thing, like Yang's ideas largely came from Scott Santins in in the his earlier yeah, writings. Yeah, that's right. And he, he actually he actually credits Scott. Yeah, he actually credits Scott in his yeah. uh, in his book. So I I am thrilled to have gotten Scott on the show to talk to him for a hot minute. I still have to uh, do something else before we get it. But the very first episode of this series, the Humanity First series, was with fucking Fred, man. Like, he's the guy. And all of a sudden now, like, New York Times is trying to get him to write a column. And I'm like, oh, man, he's fucking crazy huge now. I love it. Fred's fucking awesome. Yeah, no, Fred's but, an yeah. amazing, <laughs> hilarious guy. I like totally look forward to drinking around the campfire with him, you know? But like, yeah, he's got to stop. Like, you, you have to use your powers for good, right? With great power comes great responsibility and, yeah. you know, all that. Yeah, I I am constantly finding myself in, in that challenge of trying to do the like humanity first thing and also being incredibly frustrated at people doing the fake bullshit thing and the fake smear thing and it's so fucking hard but it it's, oh yeah no tell me about it i actually yeah. just like right before i came on here to talk to you i uh made an announcement in the official moving forward facebook group that Corey and i are handing the, the group off to a couple of loyal listeners and we're actually gonna yeah. fucking leave the group completely I love like we're it. leaving 
because <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I have better things to do than argue with people on the fucking like if you want to if you want to come on the show and talk to me, like, let's have a real conversation. But arguing yeah. on social media is a waste of everybody's time. So I just I don't have the patience for it for my own sanity. <laughs> I have to back away from that crap. I'm working towards that myself. And I believe one of the people you put in charge was Chet, right? Yep. Yep. He's the commie that I'm having on yeah. soon. Uh, and part of the reason I did that I is because <laughs> the other guy I was putting on, uh, I put in charge is Kyle, who is pretty far right. And so like, mm. I was like, yeah, you know, like I wanted to have a balance. I wanted to make sure that, you know, both sides were still being represented even after I leave. So oh, like it seemed it. fair. <laughs> and like I said, Chet, though, like I'm checking, he legitimately is the only self-identified communist I've ever met who I like ever yeah i just i just had him on uh i did not i have not released that audio yet that's the next one in the humanity first series that's oh i look forward to listening to it gonna, i like, I like that. he's a great guy <laughs> come before you uh but yeah man great guy great guy yeah so and, much and wicked smart he's extremely well read oh yeah oh yeah when he's telling me um about the anarcho communism thing i'm just like so wait do you not want like no he knows his theory he knows his theory <laughs> now i'd like i want to talk to him about reality let's talk reality man right. like he's he's a little bit of that absent-minded professor type <laughs> like if there's a fire are you calling the fire department or are you grabbing a garden hose like <laughs> no like, i don't think he'd even have garden hoses in his yeah, utopia yeah, it's <laughs> No, Chet was great, man. But that, no, but he is like the, I'm not making yeah, fun of him. The, I'm just uh, saying like there's a difference between high gluten theory yeah. and reality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, super surprising that he was like, "Oh, I'm an anarcho-communist." I was like, "You didn't know that?" Well, I mean, like quasi, kind of, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." But like when he was talking, I'm like, "Oh, yeah, all of that makes complete sense." The label doesn't make a super huge amount of sense to me but like what no, you're it's a, saying it's a, it's a misnomer yeah. yeah any it any, totally anything is with that a narco in front thing. of it anything with a narco in front of it shouldn't include like an organized government right so but like there are a lot of people who identify as a narco this or a narco that and then when you talk to them they're like well what i actually want is this just happened to me on twitter the other day mm-hmm. this person was like well what i actually want is i want like you know, like a federalized republic of different states that each elect local leaders. And I was like, so the status fucking quo? <laughs> like, why don't well, they like so? But like, it's so it's a, it's the snowflake mentality, right? They're like, no, I identify as like this and that. And it's like, OK, but like, let's talk about then you get into the nitty gritty of it. And it's like you're you're literally just talking about what we have right now. Yeah, but we have problems. Well, yeah, every system is going to have problems. Like, how about we just fix the problems instead of burning the whole thing down and starting over again? Anyway, they don't have a lot of patience for that. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think intellectual, like, experiments are fascinating, right? But, like, real life is not the place to play them out. I love it. (laughs) Oh, so, um, anything, any, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm starting to... I start. I, I was about to say I'm starting to get tired, but that's not true. I actually just wanted to go have a drink. Yeah. Well, why aren't you drinking? I'm drinking. <laughs> uh, I have not yet done a podcast episode drunk. I've done a couple of the informal Q and A's. Really? Uh, drunk? Yeah. I don't uh... like to drink while I'm doing them. I like to. I like to. 
I don't know. I, I, I turn into an even bigger asshole when I've been drinking, so I don't need that to go out into the public space. I don't give a solitary fuck. I, uh... <laughs> well, maybe yeah. you don't, but I don't want... I Like, oh, well. I... I, <laughs> I mean, I, I am, I am a pleasant drunk. Um, if you know me, right. But like, if you, if, if the things that I say, they're not, they're like less, um, diplomatic than I normally talk. And I won't say something that contradicts what I say sober, but mm. when I'm sober, I'll express it in a much more palatable way. <laughs> you know, Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag story of my life. So I'm, I'm going to go drink in the hot tub uh, and maybe someday we'll do that in person. Uh, For real, because right now that sounds amazing. And I love you, man. And thanks for coming on and hanging out with me for a minute. Yeah, uh, totally I appreciate it. It's, it's, been, it's, it's been good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Totally impromptu, totally random. I totally yeah, fucking and I love and it. I, I'm glad I got to do a humanity first. I I definitely want to do your other your your next series. Uh, what's it yes. going to be called again? Outrage, outrage machine. machine. Yes. That's an outrage machine. Yeah, yeah. No, that it's, that's uh, that's oof. one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. It's just it's becoming a larger beast than I was initially ready to tame. So uh, that's what's holding that back. It's it's a big giant furry bitch, and uh, it's it's gonna take a minute to wrangle, but I will I will get there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks uh, for listening, kids out there in the Mindwave universe. I'm uh, glad that uh, maybe you got to know Rio a little bit. If you have not gone over and listening to like that show like you should uh but yeah, yeah the best way the best fun. way to listen to <laughs> moving forward is to subscribe on um whatever podcast app you use uh we're on most of them we're not on spotify yet which makes me kind of sad um it's great works very well on apple uh most mm. of our listeners are on apple Podcasts, so if you have an iphone definitely go and subscribe there and oh and yes. rate and review us it, only if you're gonna give us five stars stars though not don't <laughs> fuck around with any of this one or two stars bullshit. <laughs> right i keep doing that like most of our uh most of our people are still on apple and i keep i still i keep telling them like hey guys Reviews, ratings and reviews, super important. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that's just a person saying this stuff. And I'm like, no, it's like for real, guys. Like, it's make it or break it time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been fun. I'm going to go have a margarita or something. Uh, I, I'm going to figure out what I'm eating for foods for the evening and get ready to go back to work tomorrow. And, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Cheers, motherfucker. Cause this, this yep. was great. I'm, uh, it, fantastic to finally get you on and I cannot wait to get into the fucking outrage machine shit because there's so Yeah. That'll be a good, a good talk. I look uh, forward to that. So much there. So yes, listeners. Thank you. Rio. Thank you, man. I fucking love you. You're awesome. But back at you, brother. (laughs) 
Mindwave is only possible because of listeners like you. It sounds trite, but it's fucking true. Uh, our web host is Rob Wilson. Thank you, Rob, for donating some uh, space there so we can have a dinky little website. David Russell is our graphic designer. He made our logo. Thank you, David. Uh, Corey Wilcox, software engineer, added me into his Apple family so I can have access to all this awesome software. Love you, Corey. Of course, we also need to give a big thank you shout out to our Patreon patrons, Travis Meyer, Julie Feese, and Heather Cook, as well as big time, big love, big bro, all-star, Phil Ord, who's doing a lot to make this thing happen. We really appreciate you, Phil. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it for us. Make sure you check out the rest of the Humanity First series. You can find everything we've done so far with that on mindwave.media. And you can also uh, find multiple ways to connect with the show. If you want to become a part of this project with us, we would love to have you and share your stories. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2019.